Chapter Eight of Marie Antoinette and the Downfall of Royalty. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Monica Rolly. Marie Antoinette and the Downfall of Royalty by Imbert de Saint-Amand translated by elizabeth g martin chapter eight madame roland at the ministry of the interior roland took the portfolio of the interior march twenty fourth seventeen ninety two and installed himself and his wife in the ministerial residence then occupying the site afterwards built on by the théâtre italien this very beautiful and luxurious mansion had formerly been the controller's office and both calonne and necker had lived in it madame roland found no small pleasure in queening it under the gilded canopies of the old regime it was not at all disagreeable to her to give dinners in the sumptuous banqueting-hall erected by the elegant calonne nor did the austere admirer of the ancients set the black broth of sparta before her guests once arrived at power was this great enemy of nobility and prescription simple and easy of approach not in the least there is often more arrogance displayed by parvenus of both sexes than by those who are aristocrats by birth madame roland was extremely proud of her new dignity and at once resolved as she tells us in her memoirs neither to make nor receive visits her attitude and manners while at the ministry were those of an asiatic sovereign she secluded herself permitting only a small number of privileged courtiers to enter her presence under the old regime the wives of ministers and ambassadors dukes and peers had never felicitated themselves on cultivating their private tastes to the detriment of properties and obligations of good breeding but the revolution had changed all that french politeness was now mere old-fashioned rubbish at the ministry of the interior the etiquette whose severity is vaunted by madame roland was more rigorous than that of the court of versailles and it was easier to see the wife of the king than the wife of the minister with what hauteur the latter expresses herself concerning the self-seeking crowds who throng about those who hold great places assuredly the queen had never spoken of her subjects in this tone of disdainful patronage madame roland who was tired of fools incommoded herself for nobody the agreeable side of power was all she wanted suppressing the receptions which annoyed her she gave none but men's dinners where she perorated and paraded and where being the only woman present she had no rivals to fear self-sufficiency and insufficiency are for the most part what fall to the share of parvenus what would have been said in the old days of a noble dame who did the honours of a ministry so strangely who never invited another woman to dinner 
and admitted no one to her presence but a little clique of flatterers everybody would have accused such a lady as lacking in good breeding but to madame roland all that she did was right in her own eyes how could a woman so superior be expected to submit to the tyranny of polite usage was not the first of all despotisms the very one to be shaken off and ought not a person so proud of the originality of her genius feel bound before all things as she set herself to preserve her own mode of being madame roland did at the ministry just what she did from her cradle to her grave she posed to listen to madame roland said count benon in his witty and curious memoirs you would have thought she had imbibed the passion for liberty from reading the great writers of antiquity carto the elder was her hero and it was probably out of respect for this hero that she showed a lack of courtesy towards her husband she was unwilling to see that there was as much difference between roland's wife and the roman minister as there was between the brutus of the revolutionary tribunal and him of the capital self-love was the means by which this woman had been elevated to the point where we have seen her she was incessantly actuated by it and thus not dissimulate the fact it was she and not her husband who was the minister of interior if the aristocrats treated roland as the minister sans culotte it might have been added that the breeches which he lacked were worn by his spouse out of all the rooms composing the vast apartment she had chosen for her own daily use the smallest that could be converted into a study and kept her books and writing-table in it it was from this boudoir half literary half political that she conducted the ministry according to her own whims it often happened says she that friends or colleagues desiring to speak confidentially with the minister instead of going to his own room where he was surrounded by his clerks and the public came to mine and begged me to have him called thither thus i found myself in the stream of affairs without either intrigue or idle curiosity roland took pleasure in talking these subjects over with me afterwards with that confidence which has always reigned between us and which has brought our knowledge and our opinions into community on this head m daubon makes the very just remark a community in which there is no equilibrium of forces becomes a sort of omnipotence of the strongest the omnipotence in this case was not on the side of the beard but of madame roland the wife wrote thought and acted for her husband it was she who drew up his circulars and reports to the national assembly my husband she tells us had nothing to lose in passing through my hands roland without me would have been none the less a good administrator with me he has made more sensation because i imparted to my writings that mixture of forces and sweetness that authority of reason and charm of sentiment which perhaps belongs only to a sensitive woman endowed with sound understanding and the virtuous roland took pride in the magnificent phrases which he naively believed to be the expression of his own genius 
when his wife had saved him not merely to trouble of writing but even of thinking he often ended she says by persuading himself that he had really been in a good vein when he had written such or such a passage which proceeded from my pen madame roland had at her orders a man of letters salaried by the minister of interior who was the official defender of the minister and his policy it had been felt she tells us that it was needful to counteract the influence of the court the aristocracy the civil list and their journals by popular instructions to which great publicity should be given a journal posted up in public places seemed to be the proper thing and a wise and enlightened man had to be found for its editor this wise and enlightened man was louvet the author of the amour de faublas he was the writer whom madame roland esteemed most capable of instructing and of moralizing the masses men of letters and persons of taste she says know his charming romances in which the graces of imagination are allied to lightness of style a philosophical tone and a sort of criticism he has proved that his skilful hand could alternately shake the bells of folly hold the burn of history and launch the thunderbolts of eloquence courageous as a lion simple as a child a sensible man a good citizen a vigorous writer he could make cataline tremble from the tribune dine with the graces and sup with bachaumont madame roland admired the author of faublas now become the editor-in-chief of the sentinelle but among her intimates there was a man whom she admired much more this was buzot with what complacency she draws in her memoirs the portrait of this man of an elevated character a haunty spirit and a vehement courage sensitive ardent melancholy and impassionate lover of nature nourishing his imagination with all the charms she has to offer and his soul with the principles of the most touching philosophy he seems formed to enjoy and to procure domestic happiness he could forget the universe in the sweetness of private virtues practised with a heart worthy of his own needless to say that in madame roland's thought this heart worthy of the heart of buzot was her own he is susceptible says she of the tenderest affections always from madame roland capable of sublime flights and the most generous resolutions into what ecstasies she fall over the noble face and elegant figure of this handsome man in whose costumes reigns that care cleanness and decency which manifests the spirit of order taste the sentiment of decorum and the respect of an honest man for the public and himself how she contrasts with men who think patriotism consists in swearing drinking and dressing like porters in order to fraternize with their equals this attractive this irresistible buzot who professes the morality of socrates and the politeness of scipio clearly the veritable idol of the egeria of the girondins is not the republic but buzot he is so elegant so distinguished his mind and his person have so many charms pour roland 
you think that your better half is solely occupied with your ministry alas this learned woman has other thoughts in her head your position as a minister has not augmented your prestige in the region of sentiment though you lord it in the hotel calon yet in spite of the throng of petitioners and flatterers who surround you you will never be a lovelace and your romantic spouse will not allow herself to be affected by your appearance like that of a quaker in sunday clothes you thought you were doing wonders in presenting yourself at the council of minister with lanky unpowdered looks a round hat and shoes minus buckles this peasant costume which so greatly scandalized the master of ceremonies doubtless made the best impression at the jacobin club but your wife prefers the careful dress of her two dear buzot madame roland who had just completed her thirty-eighth year was still very charming les montes thus painted her portrait as she appeared in this epoch her eyes and hair were remarkably beautiful her delicate complexion had a freshness and colour which made her look singularly young at the beginning of her husband's ministry she had lost nothing of her air of youth and simplicity her husband resembled a quaker whose daughter she might have been and her child hovered round her with hair floating to her waist one might have thought them natives of pennsylvania transported to the drawing-room of monsieur de calonne count benot who was the companion of her captivity in the conciergerie is severe on the female politician but he admires the pretty woman her figure was graceful he says and her hands perfectly modelled her glance was expressive and even in repose her face had something noble and subtle attractive in it one surmissed her wit without needing to hear her speak but no woman whom i have ever listened to spoke with more purity and elegance she must have owed her faculty of giving to french a rhythm and cadence veritably new to her familiar knowledge of italian the harmony of her voice was still further heightened by graceful and appropriate gestures and the expression of her eyes which grew animated in conversation i daily experienced new charm in listening to her less on account of what she said than because of the magic of her delivery if madame roland a prisoner crushed by misfortune on the very three holes of the scaffold after so many sleepless nights and so many tears had preserved such attractions what a charm must she not have exercised at the ministry of the interior when hope and pride illuminated her beautiful face and when after appearing to her electrified adorers as the muse of the new regime the magician the cirque of the revolution she touched so profoundly their minds and hearts she who knew so well how to love and how to hate who felt so keenly who had so much energy so much vigour what fascination must she not have exerted with her glance of fire her long black tresses her more than ornate eloquence her inspired lyric enthusiastic bearing and that 
consummate art which according to the remark of fontaine made one believe that in her everything was the work of nature End of chapter eight recording by monica raleigh